You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Ask Daryl podcast. The Ask Daryl podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media technology and communications, all dealing with the church, and do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. Today's question comes from Josh Pidgley, who is at Josh Pidgley on Twitter. And the question is, should I ever delete people's comments or posts on our pages? And I'm assuming here, Josh, you're talking about Facebook. This is a really good question. In fact, the question, uh, because I'm going to have a little bit of a short attention span, I read the question and I started thinking about other questions related to that question that I realized at the end of the day, this is really about creating community and how do you manage community online? So that's what I'm really going to address. I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question uh, in a little bit, um, but Josh, I'm kind of going to answer it more holistically in the sense of how do you create online community and how do you manage it? Um, and why would you want to create a community online? Why, why do you, why would you want to even do that? Um, if you can create a community online, there's it's a really, really powerful thing. Um, and and, that, and I say online, that can be in a host of different places. That could be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever that is. And your general, basically all your digital properties or social media networks. If you have a community that's kind of a rabid um, fan base in the sense of the fact that they just follow everything that your church puts out, that think of it like an online community. Um, and why, why would you want this? Well, first off, when you create an online community, they're really handy in a lot of different ways. Um, one, um, if you have people being extremely negative, online communities have a tendency to police themselves and take care of themselves. A lot of times you don't have to worry about defending what you've said or what you've written online. Uh, even though you probably didn't think it was controversial, you posted something or somebody didn't like something. I found that when that happens, usually the online community comes to your defense before you even have to. And you really don't, a lot, sometimes you don't have to deal with the issue. Um, online communities are also very good about policing themselves. Um, not always, but organically speaking, a lot of times they kind of take care of themselves. Um, online communities are great because they can help you co-create content for your church. And I'll talk about how that process works here in a little bit. Um, can it get out of hand? Yeah, of course. Online communities can always get out of hand. I mean, that's the reason why a lot of blogs or famous big websites have shut off their comments is because at the end of the day, um, it can get a little heated. Um, and people don't like certain things the way they're done because to be honest with you, when you're dealing in the world of text, um, things can be misconstrued because you can't read emotion. You can't read tone, uh, other than people writing all caps or using punctuation marks. It's very hard to figure out what people are trying to say in terms of what they actually mean behind what they say. So how do you create a community that an online community, if you will, how do you create this community online that, that helps you police, uh, helps you co-create, do all those things. Uh, well, the first thing you got to do is, and I'm going to walk you through actually three E's of, of creating an online community. The first one is equip. You need to find volunteers. You need to equip volunteers to help you in this process. I've talked about uh, on the blog why really doing social media alone is really difficult and why you really can't do it alone. You need volunteers, but you need to equip those volunteers. And by equip, I mean you need to do a couple things. One, you need to give them branding uh, tools, i.e. logos, those type of things that um, they can put on stuff that they 
create for the church and for the social media experience. Now, you probably need to give them guidelines on how you use the logo and what's the proper way a logo is done. You just Google brand guidelines or logo guidelines, and you could probably get a pretty good set of what those look like. But you need to have those in place, but you need to give them logos. You need to give them some asset, creative assets that they can work with. And that's also in terms of content, um, photos, uh, quotes, anything that you say, hey, guys, here's a whole bunch of stuff for you to use, video clips, whatever they want to use. Um, as they create stuff and post stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram for you, give them all the content you can. In fact, I would also say give them access to things that they might not, other people might not have access to. Um, let them sit in on staff meetings. Let them do things behind the scenes that most people don't have access to so they can feel a part of the team. Anytime you can do that, anytime you can equip somebody by making them feel a part of the team, it's going to be a win. So I would look at making sure they have some branding tools, make sure you give them really good set of content to work with and make sure you give them access to things that really are going to uh, equip them to do what you're asking them to do, which is help create that online community because you can't do social media alone. You got to have volunteers. The third thing, third, the second E is, excuse me, the second thing is uh, empower. You need to create avenues for people online to display content they've created. Um, and that could be stuff like Pinterest boards, um, blogs. There's a tool that I still think exists called Paratweet where you can take tweets that other people tweet about the church or your organization and you can um, display them on the screen in front of everybody. Um, so like before worship service starts, you can display all the tweets that people are tweeting about the church. You can, of course, you approve them. It's just not something that's just a, a random tweet that comes up that you wouldn't want. Uh, you get a choice of, of what gets on the screen. But the idea is, is you're empowering people to create and share content. Um, one way to do it is to hold contests. If you are short on a graphic design team and you really don't have a graphic design team, in fact, maybe your church secretary is the graphic design team, you could hold the contest to say, hey, our Easter sermon series is going to be this. Hey, how about, you know, if you want to create some artwork, we'll display all the artwork on Pinterest or on Facebook and let people vote on which artwork they like best. And that's how we're going to determine our Easter artwork. So kind of outsource it from the, the bottom up and let people kind of co-create with you, empower them to do that. Um, you also need to find ways to make people feel like they're being heard. Um, and and, and if people make when people make comments, when people say things on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, Pinterest, whatever that is, you need to reply. You need to make let people know that, hey, I hear what you're saying. We acknowledge it, negative or positive. Um, but people need to feel empowered that they have a voice in what is going on in terms of your social media channels. The third thing you can do is you can encourage it. Um, and that's really what actually one and two are about. Equip and empower are really about, at the end of the day about encouraging. But you need to be very um, purposeful in terms of how you encourage. Publicly recognize people who do stuff for you or social media. Uh, recognize uh, recognize your volunteers all the time. Love on your volunteers. Call them out in such a great way. Um you want people to know that being volunteers, if you're a volunteer, we really value what you do. Make personal contacts with those people. Um, you know, a lot of times with social media, we we treat social media as if that's a contact in terms of that's a relationship. But because you go to church to that person, um, you may not interact with them a whole lot on a face-to-face basis except for maybe a little bit on Sunday. Take them out to coffee. Um, get to know them. Encourage them. Thank them. Maybe you can call them up on the phone and say, hey, I noticed you did X, Y, or Z for us. I really, really appreciate it. Those little human touches go a long way as people are journeying with you on this uh, chance to kind of extend your church online in terms digitally speaking. So if you can find ways to encourage them, I highly encourage you to encourage them. 
Now, here's the thing about all this in terms of creating a community online. And this is why in some ways it's really difficult, uh, depending on your church culture, is that this really is a bottom-up approach. Um, A lot of people who come from corporate backgrounds don't really understand this, that community online is bottom-up, not top-down. In other words, you don't create communities top-down. It really comes from a bottom-up and letting the stuff that comes from bottom-up filter upwards. Um, And so... What that means is that means you have to be a little bit looser with some things than you normally would, i.e. logos and those type of things. Again, this is where corporate types get really tight because they're like, you know, why would you give them their logo? Why would you give them our logo? And I will, you know, well, because they're going to create a really cool piece of artwork and they're going to put our logo on it because it's going to be really cool. Um, and yeah, you, you're taking a bit of a chance and sometimes you're going to get burned, but it is a bottom up approach because you are moving, you're decentralizing something that, um, by its nature is decentralized, which is social media. Social media is not centralized for just one person. It's it's multiple people contributing to a large conversation. And that's what you're trying to do for your church. And that's not always easy because a lot of corporate types really fight against that. Even though time and time again, we see how decentralized systems, uh, people coming together and collaborating together online uh, seem to do pretty well um, and seem to take off. In various forms and various various ways. So um, yes, this will be messy, but just always remember that you know the church in Acts was also a pretty messy place as well. So it's a bottom up approach. Now, Josh, your last comment that you said was uh, your last part of this. And I want to I'm going to make a slight detour here. Your last comment on your question was I never tag volunteers in photos like non staff worship leaders as I'm aware that this could expose them to weirdo stalkers online. If someone comments on their names or tags them, should I delete that comment? Now, this is all part of being an an online community. And I think it's actually a really good question. Um, I would tell you there's two ways of looking at this. Um, I totally get deleting if somebody somebody tags another adult and deleting it. I totally get it. I definitely get it if it's kids. If it's kids, I would delete it. Um, If it's adults, honestly, I wouldn't wouldn't sweat it unless... um, Unless you think that for that person it might be a problem. I think we've moved society-wise that people naturally assume being tagged is okay. And if that's the case, then so be it. Um, they know that at some point they're probably going to get tagged in a photo, and that's fine. So I don't worry about that too much. Um, I think society's, um, society's viewpoint on that has changed. Um, whether good or bad, it's changed. So, and my suggestion to you is, is let it ride. Um, if it becomes an issue, then if you know somebody specific has an issue with, with that, then, then you're probably gonna have to manually go in and kind of manage that aspect of that. So hopefully Josh, that answers your question, which is a really good question. And thanks for submitting it. So if you like this podcast, don't forget we're on iTunes. You can subscribe there. You can also rate the podcast on iTunes, which I would greatly appreciate. We're also on Stitcher for all of my friends who've got Android devices. If you've got a question for me, head over to AskNarrow.com. You can direct message me on Twitter. I'm at DGirardier. That's at D-G-I-R-A-R-D-I-E-R. Or you can use the hashtag AskDarrell. That's hashtag A-S-K-D-A-R-R-E-L. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to AskDarrell.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go online and submit them to AskDaryl.com.